Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Denise, and the worship team. It is truly an honor to worship with you here in this place. What a surprise to see people in the building again. I am so excited. Our first lesson comes from Book of Second Kings, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophet of God cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what you have in your house. Your servant has nothing, nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, Go around, ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. The word of God. Thanks be to God. Second reading comes from Second Book of Corinthians. And for this, I would like to read this responsibly. So I will read the first verse, and if you are able and want to, <laughs> that is with your masks and whatnot, or even so, in your, in, in your heart, in silence, if you could read the next verse, we will read it together, okay? Is that all right? All right. Praise be to the God, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. Verse 4, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Oh, dear. <laughs> Although you look like a bunch of people who can memorize Second Corinthians. <laughs> Are we going to have this up, Tim, or no? Oh, no. Okay, well then, I shall read. <laughs> It's all right, it's all right. <laughs> um, so, verse 4. 
who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the suffering of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same suffering we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we had received a sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from a deadly peril, and he will deliver us again. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, that many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. I caught it. I caught it, although it wasn't too loud. It was said with such a gusto, we were all congregating as if it were the most exciting program on our entire college and young adult retreat. Pastor, come and see. He extended a small yet enticing invitation. I dipped my toes cautiously, and soon I see some crayfish. As much as I was shocked at the sight of this strange creature, I think the crayfish seemed to be more shocked at the sight of this giant intruder. As if they were panicking, and shouting, problems, problems, to each other. The crayfish were moving every which way possible to hide. And as I stood there, not quite know what to do, I've noticed some of them just barely had their heads between the rocks. It reminded me how I often react when I face problems. I hide, or at least I think I hide by just covering my face. What do you do when you are faced with problems? In times like this, when much of our lives have been upside down, how have you dealt with and how are you dealing with life's small 
and big problems. That just shows up uninvited. And collectively, as a congregation, what does PPC do when you are faced with different issues in your congregational life, especially in a transitional time like this? Well, I do not have the answers, but I invite you this morning to reflect with me on this very issue and be open to what God has prepared for us to hear on this 4th of July Sunday. Will you join me in a prayer? Oh God, you know we bring not only our joys but our concerns and problems this morning. Compassionate God, as we sit with your word through different devices at home, at work, or here in the sanctuary. Won't you prepare our hearts, make us sensitive to your presence as we continue to worship together. Silence in us any voice but your own, that hearing we may also obey your will through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. From a building collapsing to drought and to fires to anti-camping ordinance for homeless to the children at the border to a lost deer in a Walmart store. Did you hear about that? All this against the backdrop of COVID-19 pandemic. I don't think we have to go too far to realize that we all face problems. I don't know about you, but I must confess, in the midst of this extremely serious problems, I am often wrapped up in my own problems and whisper, what about me? What about my problems? Although I have a roof over my head and my place isn't burning or collapsing, but I need attention. Could somebody pay attention to me with my small problems? Talking about problems, today we meet a woman who has lots of problems. Your servant, my husband is dead, she cries out. This woman's husband, we learn, who was a God-fearing man, has died. And in her context, women were mostly dependent on their husbands for their very livelihood, crying out, my husband is dead, implies multi-layer problems. But now, his creditor is coming to take my two sons as his slaves. She goes on to name her problems in detail. 
How can I help you? What do you have? Tell me what you have. These are challenging questions to a person about to lose everything. Yet these are the questions that the great prophet Elisha asks her. Look around you, Master Lord. I know you are sitting in the midst of many, many difficult problems. But yet, I want you to look around and see what little you have in you. I have nothing. I have nothing there at all. I just have a small jar of olive oil. Little does she know that this small jar of olive oil was how God was going to touch her, how God was going to bring solution to her problems. Go around. Ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Ask a lot. And go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons, and start filling those empty jars. Elijah continues. I don't know about you, but I don't think going around to all my neighbors, not to just few who are my friends and who are sympathetic to my situations, but to all my neighbors and asking to borrow their jars is the number one agenda in her day's things to do list. But despite the embarrassment, possible rejection, misunderstanding, and suspicions, she was to visit all her neighbors and to borrow each person's precious jars. Personally, as an introvert, this would be something I would dread doing. I would probably ask my husband, who is a lot more outgoing, who usually walks the door, and who usually talks to the neighbors to go fetch them. But wait a minute. What if my husband is dead? What happens if your spouse or partner not only is my husband dead to virus, gun violence, mental health issues, police brutality, homelessness, addictions. He has left me with huge bills, and the due dates are coming. And what is worse, since I have no means to pay, I am about to lose my two children to the Child Protective Services. We have heard this voice before. We have heard many voices that echo this widow in Second Kings text. 
Or perhaps, could it be our own voice that is ringing in our ears? How can I help you? What do you have? As we sit faced with problems, we hear the questions being asked. What worries do you bring this morning? How can I help? What do you have? Don't hide. Name your problems and befriend your problems. Friends, problems don't have to make us be isolated and lonely. It could be an opportunity to turn to God, seek God, and experience God in a brand new way. What are you anxious about and fearful of this morning? How can I help? What do you have? Don't hide. Examine yourselves and befriend your problems. Problems don't have to make us weak and fallen. It could be an opportunity to be renewed and strengthened. Look around you. Look within you and see what you still have in you. Be that as it may, your brokenness, your raw emotions, your tears. Bring them to God because you know why? God could gather them in a small jar and begin to use that to bring solutions to our issues and problems. What are your issues and problems this morning? How can I help you? What do you have? Don't hide. Go to all your neighbors to borrow empty jars and be ready to lend your own to your neighbor who is in need. Befriend your problems together. Problems don't have to make us powerless and divided. It could be an opportunity to stand together as a community with your sisters and brothers in Christ, both here at PPC and the church at large. For as Paul writes to Corinthians, the Christians who are having lots of issues and problems, that we belong to the same God who is the God of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So like Paul, even when we are crushed and overwhelmed and fear that we would never live through it, we feel as though we are doomed to die and see how powerless we are to help ourselves. Let's put everything into the hands of God, who alone can save you and save me and save us collectively. And with that promise, let's keep on pouring that last small jar 
of oil that we have. Let's pray.